Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. My voice is too short to, to do more of those because it certainly deserves more than Phil Jackson being out. But we have to do another emergency podcast, two in between recording episodes of the mock-off season, which apparently we're now going to have to change a little bit to keep up with the times. Huge bomb here. Woj reporting that Chris Paul will opt in to the final year of his contract. He had an early termination option and he will be traded to Houston after he informed the Clippers that he was going to leave in free agency. They worked out a sign and trade going back. Lou Williams, Sam Decker, Patrick Beverly, and Houston's 2018 first round pick. Do we know what the protection is on that yet? Top three. Okay. Just in just in case Houston completely falls apart for some reason. But I mean, this is an this is a an earthquake. I mean, really for the league, and I still don't know how it's going to work. Chris Paul and James Harden were both top seven in possession la- in time of possession last year. But I'm excited to see it happen. I'm impressed that the Rockets were able to get it done. I'm also surprised we'll talk a little bit about the mechanics of the trade, which I'm very intrigued by. But I want to talk briefly about the Clippers coming out, making out like bandits in this, that if Chris Paul was going to leave, there were other ways this could have happened and they got an excellent return. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, I mean, we we can start with the direction of the Clippers just in general, because obviously Houston will have plenty of time to talk about what this looks like for them. And I assume that they are not done. But for the Clippers, Beverly is a trade asset. Lou Williams is probably also a trade asset. Sam Decker, a nice combo forward. It fits well in the modern game. And that that first round pick. So they didn't have to take on anything bad, which is nice. And usually sign and trade halls are not particularly good. I mean, it, sometimes it'll happen when teams just like Miami, for example, when they signed LeBron James, just like wanted to get the guy in and didn't really care about like first round picks in the future. But that certainly is not the case for the Rockets. And I think that Beverly could be flippable. Maybe even the combination of him and Lou Williams could get back a, a first-round pick this year. Decker is someone who can be part of their core going forward two more years remaining on his rookie deal. And then in the summer of 2018, if they want to rebuild, they can have up to, oh, $76 million or so in space. They also now, I think this sets them up to move on from DeAndre Jordan, should they so choose, and hopefully get some assets for him. You have to imagine that he is in play. You have to imagine that Blake Griffin now seems less likely to be back. And if Boston gets Gordon Hayward, this could be a boon for Miami. You could see Blake ending up in Miami. It really, at this point, doesn't make sense 
for the Clippers to re-sign Blake Griffin unless it's at a number that they think could be tradable at some point and then Jordan we mentioned has only one year left on his contract and then a a player option in 2018-19 that he almost assuredly will opt out of so yeah I mean it seems like this is just going to be a total rebuild uh, for the Clippers you agree with me Danny or do you think they could still re-sign Blake I agree with you Uh, Brad Turner tweeted out shortly after we started he's the he's a beat reporter for the Clippers that they now believe this clears the way for the team to re-sign Blake Griffin so who knows if that's how they feel yeah I, that could be bullshit spin though we've oh, had yeah. that uh, like and, it could be and, and for Blake I mean you this basically means that you have little chance of winning I mean if they re-sign Blake for next year you know now you're down to about 40 million in space if you have, if you're going to re-sign DeAndre now you're basically you know you've got like 15 million in space left after that so it, it really would be hard to build around Blake I, you know they would still have it would be their team would basically be Decker Beverly and Blake Griffin at that point I mean if if they re-signed JJ Redick and Blake Griffin which would cost a fortune and and really hamstring their future flexibility I mean I think that's why they don't do it you know they're not the best year to have Blake is this next year there's no possible way now that they could compete next year maybe if they brought everyone back they might be a lower end playoff team um so no I mean I, I think you know remember everyone everyone always wants to spin is oh we tried our hardest to keep this guy but I mean you know maybe maybe Blake's just like all right I want to stay here but if I were the Clippers I would not re-sign him now it really just doesn't make sense you know unless it's at lower than the max a number that you think could be tradable at some point I don't know if I had mentioned this before but I had been thinking for a long time that the Clippers job clearing the decks if if they have to if they had to do that which now is a realistic option option would be a great GM job to have in the abstract and specifically one for Hinky or somebody who's good at that part of the process which he is and the Clippers now become one of the most interesting gigs out there because it's a desirable destination in terms of location we have the whole thing in terms of the the organization and all that but Balmer's willing to spend so to me what you do is you you align yourselves you you get there and yeah it's possible that now with the Lakers looking like they're clearing space for 2018 that you're not the most desirable destination but they can be more patient with it they can really do a lot here and I think they they owe it to themselves to really push it through with the right management and make this work. So I think this is very interesting just from the Clippers internal politics perspective as well. R- Ramona tweeted that this is Jerry West's influence. He didn't want to just bring everybody back. Now, they may not have had much of a choice because Chris wanted to leave, but there were some meetings, Woj reported, between the Clippers and Paul's camp in the last couple of days. And perhaps part of the reason Paul decided to leave is because they said hey you know what we can't just keep bringing everyone back here it's not going to work we got to go in another direction and that that was Jerry's influence or this could all just be happening because one man Chris Paul said that he wanted to go and now the question could be asked of what this means for Doc Rivers future right like Jerry West coming in I mean Jerry's getting paid like five million a year or something ridiculous like four or five million a year and I don't think he's doing that to just like sit on the sidelines and have no power at all right so it seems like like Doc Rivers at least somewhat has had his power in the organization muted or could have it muted coming up. He's still under contract for a while longer, I think a couple more years, but, and this doesn't necessarily mean he'd, he'd leave his coach either, but, uh, you know, the time is probably for him to get out would be 
next summer you would think i mean he, he's there's no reason for him to leave now because he's getting paid a ton and there aren't really any openings maybe new york will have one now after what happened with phil jackson but it doesn't make a ton of sense it seems like for him to stick around during what could be a lengthy well, rebuild maybe maybe the plan is going to be okay we'll try and bring back blake we'll keep deandre and then we'll see what happens. Like if we could get another free agent in next summer, use Doc Rivers as part of the allure there. Because Doc actually does have some appeal for free agents. They've gotten some guys in at the minimum pretty nicely. And then if it doesn't work out next summer to really be competitive and they really go into a rebuilding mode, they trade Blake, then, you know, Doc Rivers moves on. Like maybe that's what could end up happening. It could be, but you need to make a very quick decision in terms of your direction of the next step here, because I wouldn't want Doc to be the guy trading DeAndre Jordan or figuring out, you know, kind of which of their other pieces to keep. I don't think that's been the best part of him as a GM. So maybe you can have West and those other people handle that if that's the direction you're going to go. But also, you know, maybe that. So so I think maybe you're right. The internal politics here are important to discuss. But before we move further, just because there has been some confusion on it, you were the first person I saw who kind of figured out the mechanics of how this is going to work because it's a little bit different than how it was reported. Do you want to lay it out for people? Well, I'm not sure precisely that this is 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 how it will work the trade as reported doesn't work either this year or next year uh you know going into the new league year there's not enough money going back for chris paul paul also has a 15 percent trade bonus as well that he likely would have to waive uh to make the math work but there could just be a lot more to this Woj did report that there are some non-guarantees going back but even if you use every non-guarantee on houston's roster you don't get enough so you would have to add in a bunch more smaller deals and it's easier after the first of the year because these guys salaries go up a lot of them like Chinanu Anuaku isn't non-guaranteed but his salary goes up from 500,000 to 1.3,000. Kyle Wilter is non-guaranteed, Isaiah Taylor non-guaranteed. Both those guys salaries go up to 1.3 and then you also would have to throw in Montrell Harrell and once you do that with Chris Paul his salary also goes up for next year but not as much as those guys do. So he'd be making 24.3 million. You'd have to get 80% of that together to do the trade. Those guys, in addition to Williams, Decker, and Beverly, salaries for next year add up to 19.7 million, which is 300,000 more than you would need. So that is would be a legal way to make it work. You imagine the Rockets would like to hold on to Harold, but they can't not the end of the world uh but there could just be more involved here i'm sure the rockets will still be trying to move ryan anderson to get someone more dynamic in the front court as well maybe someone who's better defensively as well uh let's talk about this just personal this personal decision for chris paul though just from a basketball fit from a like the fact that this is what he wanted to do and this is exactly why i think it was a player driven move not an executive driven move is because this is an affirmative decision by chris paul that this yeah. is what he he, that he wants to play with James Harden under Mike D'Antoni. And I'm fascinated by it because I talked about the time of possession thing, and that is an important part to consider here. But Chris Paul is going to age. He also, I, I think, defensively becomes a fascinating fit. I mean, going from pe- the second team all defense point guard to the first team all defense point guard is, is interesting in and of itself. But this is going to be something fundamentally different for him. I don't know if this changes the whole frustrate what I'm sure is frustrating him 
that he's never made the conference finals. Like, I mean, I think right now they're clearly the second best team in the West, not knowing what the Spurs are going to end up doing. But it's absolutely fascinating from his perspective because it's so different from what he's done before. Yeah, it is. And I, I think defensively, this he'll help the, the Rockets. But And Woj's reporting indicated that James Harden was instrumental in the recruitment, that those two guys just really wanted to play together. And I agree, it's not an amazing fit. I went too strong and say that they're like one of the worst fits together. That's not really true because they needed another guy who could handle the ball on that team. If anyone who watched the playoffs could see that, that just James Harden being kind of the only guy who they were really trusting in crunch time to do stuff off the dribble. Harden can get a lot more spot up opportunities. Paul is a very solid spot up shooter for a point guard. He'll also add something to Houston that they didn't have, which is somebody more comfortable working in the mid range, which in the playoffs, at least having that threat, I think is important. We saw the Spurs strategy was we're going to take away threes and we're going to take away the rim and just make it really difficult for you to get shots at, at the rim. And now Paul is going to make that strategy is not going to work against Chris Paul. He'll just hit a mid-range jumper from the elbow every time. Um, oh, well, but I mean, Nate, we yeah. might be we might be seeing some movement on how this trade mechanically might work. The Mavericks just traded DeAndre Liggins to the Rockets, so they might just be trying to get filler salary to make this work. Yeah, that that's I mean, it, it's not going to be hard. They're going to be able to do it. I'm not worried about oh, yeah. that aspect yeah. of it at all. Sorry uh, to sidetrack you, though. Yeah, no problem there. Uh, and but anyway, yeah, it's for Paul, it's just really a fascinating decision. I mean, anybody who complains about NBA players not wanting to win i mean james harden for example like fell just short of mvp he might say hey i gotta average a triple double this year now to get mvp like that's what's really important to me but instead he recruited chris paul like he he wants to win it and this move for houston i mean they got to go all in right now like james harden is 28 this is the year uh, to do it and we'll see them they already gave up this 2018 first rounder i would imagine they're probably gonna look to move some later first rounders as well to get off of ryan anderson and also maybe get someone who will help them a, a little bit more so I think we could talk about the financial considerations for Paul too. Another reason why this happened as a sign and trade is because Chris Paul now will have his bird rights transfer with him. And well, so, so it, he, it's it's, it's yeah. an opt in and trade, not a sign and trade to be technical about it. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah, the, that's not that's not what I mean. Yeah, if a sign and trade, yeah, your bird rights don't transfer with you. So so uh, but anyway, yeah, the reason he opted in and and did the trade is because it makes things easier for Houston to not have to create the space for him now they can stay over the cap they can use their full mid-level exception if they want to they're not under as much pressure to trade ryan anderson they can get a better deal for him if that's what they want to do or the other part of this is that paul might actually make more money out of this deal because now he can sign a full five-year max deal next summer in houston and that could take him all the way up because of the over 38 rule it could take him an extra year and so he'll basically be trading this year's salary where he'll be making 24 million and could get as much as 27 with his trade bonus which he can waive if he wants to, to to make the math work houston probably would love to just get some more non-guaranteed contracts for cash considerations to make the math work so that the, he can get his full trade bonus there's no reason not to do that and so it's basically like he's adding if he can get the full five-year max from houston which he probably can he's adding that and then also i mean if it doesn't work out in houston he could just go somewhere else next year you know and he'll still very likely have full max offers next year he 
could even go to San Antonio if he wanted to next year, you know, uh, and San Antonio clearly a loser here as well. Um, I don't know. Do you want to add anything to that, Danny? Yes. Also remember that with, with Chris Paul, as he's aging, I mean, wonderful player right now. I had him five in when we did the top 10 players podcast a few months ago that signing a three plus one and signing a five-year deal one year from now are two very different things in terms of money maximization. I mean, we don't know where Chris Paul is going to be three years from now. So to lock in something even close to that money, even if that last year has some sort of partial guarantee or team protection on it or something, that's huge for him financially. It also ties in, maybe he was playing three-dimensional chess with the over 38 rule because it comes into play more now than it would have before. So I think for Chris Paul, you have that. But then also, I mean, we have to talk about just, we don't know exactly what this Rockets team is going to look like, but Chris Paul, James Harden, likely Trevor Reza and Clint Capella is just fun. It's fascinating. They are now another league pass darling. If I mean, they're going to be on national TV a lot too, but th- it's going to be one of my favorite teams to watch. A, to see them figure it out. You and I have talked about the the process of discovery being maybe the most fun part of our job, and they're going to be really good. Yeah, they are going to be really good. I, an underrated aspect of this to me also is now James Harden can get better defensively because, and also Chris Paul is me on his ass about his defense too, because that's just the kind of guy that Chris Paul is. But now Harden doesn't have any excuse anymore, right? He doesn't have to run a pick and roll every single time down the floor. And this is going to be a challenge for Mike D'Antoni as well, because his offenses generally, while they are lauded for pace and space, they're actually not that equal opportunity. He's usually kind of got one guy doing most of the work. That was the case back in Phoenix as well. Steve Nash run a pick and roll. We got a lot of spacing around you, but it wasn't really, you know, other guys getting a ton of opportunities. So he's going to have to rework things. I'm sure he's quite capable of doing that around these two great talents but I think it can help Harden get better on defense to just have more energy and, and hopefully also you know he, he can get into even better shape uh, than he has been in and really embrace that role of being better on defense because teams are going to go at him every single time and there's Ariza Chris Paul on the perimeter now Capella is a pretty good switch guy like he he is, is the weak link and the teams are going to go at him time after time and he's going to have to respond to that challenge and while I'm a little bit sad for Eric Gordon, the guy who was traded for Chris Paul the first time, that he's going to have a pretty marginalized role in terms of just sheer minutes, unless they're going to play Harden at the three. His fit as the other guy with either one of those guys is really nice, and I think it could work well. Well, I mean, if you imagine, too, you know, I realize that Ryan Anderson isn't that good defensively, but their starting lineup, if they keep Anderson, and if they wanted, like, if they went to a lineup with Anderson at the four and Gordon around a Capella pick and roll with either Paul or Harden. I mean, that's I just mean, we, we could see the two just best unstoppable. We could see the two best offensive seasons in NBA history next year. I mean, and the Cavs are no slouches either. Like they're they're right in that mix as well. And I mean, I think how do they match up with Golden State? I think they're still significantly behind them, especially defensively. And we'll see what kind of connectedness they they can get defensively. But I do think if there's any, t- the only team that's really going to be able to stop them is the Warriors because you're going to have to switch basically everything. And Capella, not a guy who can post up after a switch. And if the Warriors go to Green at center, I think Green can still guard Paul or, or guard Harden one on one if need be. So they, I think you know, they'll probably do the thing where they go after 
after Steph Curry a lot too and uh, I mean those games between those two teams are, are going to be incredible I still think the Warriors are, are significantly better than they are though well in Houston Cleveland regular season games I mean is it first to 155 oh man I, I mean I, and again like they Anderson their first round pick uh, they've got Montreal Harrell still probably because uh, now the, this Ligans trade uh and and the Mavs actually it was reported they're going to turn down Ligans team option now they're going to exercise and just trade him to the Rockets uh they the Rockets still have some ammo to improve here right they have Anderson is not an awful contract Nene now could could be back as well they've got the full mid-level exception because they are staying over the cap they've got the BAE if the, if they want it Harrell is someone who maybe could get them something if they wanted to move on from Gordon he's a quality contract at this point although like you said I think he's a very solid fit so uh but maybe if they wanted to just reallocate get someone a little bit better defensively and they've got you know they can trade their 2020 and 2022 and 2024 first round pick uh if they want to those picks aren't going to be very good probably but they can still do it and yeah, i mean now those is... could be good i mean but you're talking about like five years from now this oh yeah that's true i was i was now. thinking of the nearer term ones rather than like the deep ones but well also yeah. the idea of what they do with their mid-level exception for these combo forwards that you and i have been obsessing over for months now like james johnson or somebody like that i mean look at take take the opportunity to play with be another guy in that mix i mean if they get yeah. mellow then that's that's something too but, but former roger rocket patrick patterson i think yeah. could be a a pretty good target for them uh pj tucker would be a great target for them now uh could be in their price range with that mid-level exception uh yeah i mean they definitely have a lot of ways that they could go here as well and i think you know they, they're gonna get plenty of ring chaser types as well you would think there uh and with the bae that money is gonna go pretty far so minimums could, could go pretty far as well um probably don't have enough money for Danilo Gallinari but uh they uh and I I mean also remember like so right now I have them as only five million dollars over the cap and if Paul waves his trade bonus they're only three million dollars over the cap so if they could move on from Anderson they could get up to close to 20 million in space if they wanted to if they could move on from Gordon now they could get into the mix for like a Paul Millsap too if they wanted to uh or they, or they be, could try to trade for Paul fit. George uh yeah I mean I still think the Celtics could beat whatever their offer is uh sure well and remember this is also now another LA team I don't I mean Paul George there's this weird reporting that he wants to go to the Lakers but he grew up a Clippers fan I don't know maybe that opens the door for that too this offseason is the best absolute best yeah I mean it's uh it's really been fantastic so far and maybe the trade will happen beforehand now with this DeAndre Liggins acquisition maybe there are more there and so they can get it done in time uh that they can do more stuff after the moratorium I I don't know exactly how it's going to work but I am quite sure that the Rockets will find a way to maximize that that's uh that's what they do all right anything else you want to say on this I think we're going to have time to talk about this in the future but this is this is I mean I've been thinking about Chris Paul to the Rockets I just as a thought experiment for a little while now but now that we get to actually see it i'm just unflinchingly excited as am i all right we will uh be back with uh part two of the mock off season later today uh might be late but uh we will get it done for you guys looking forward to the rest of this off season this has already been amazing talk to y'all then reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 